0: since you're listening again, I'm guessing you liked the first half of this conversation between Daniel, Buddy, and myself. Let's get back into that conversation.
1: filling out the surveys on a regular basis and letting people know how you feel and where you stand, then when you're dissatisfied, you have no one to blame but yourself. Because my trainer taught me, he's like, listen, you fill this out. You tell them what went good. You tell them what you felt didn't go good, even if it was on you. And then say, what. he told me, I I actually put this on every survey, (laughs) to this day, he says and tell them what you want more miles and more diversity <laughs> you know more diversity in my runs and you know what rail has honored that they've honored that because I communicated is every hitch out away from home the the perfect dream no some of them have been fantastic some of them have been a little rougher and those are lessons learned i don't blame anybody you know, life, life happens. It's the give and take. It's the give and take. But I tell you, if you're not communicating with the surveys at every opportunity they give you, you're making a mistake. And for that driver who just wants to drive and go home and doesn't think that those are important, I'm telling you, you're making a huge mistake if you're not communicating in your surveys. I would like to see, you know, more opportunities to get feedback kind of directed back at a driver. Sometimes a driver doesn't know how they're doing. I'm not fishing for compliments when I talk to my fleet manager and say, listen, what's my reputation? How am I doing? For the most part, I have a sense that, you know, whether I'm doing good or whether or not I could work and improve in an area. And my fleet managers have been really positive. I've, I've had two really good fleet managers. The one I had the longest was out of Phoenix named Dean Vandernord, I love that guy. He would give me feedback and and tell me how I was doing and do it in such a way that I could improve. Constructive feedback. Exactly, constructive feedback. My current fleet manager, Al McKinley, who is one of the fleet managers for trainers, he's really good. He has a little bit different approach, um, and he's actively training uh, some FMs now. And, and one of those things is, again, it's all about that communication. I, I ask questions if I don't feel like I'm getting all the information I need. And he's willing to give me answers. And, and it's those kinds of things come from taking the time to develop that relationship. And you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid if you don't like what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, you need to be willing to say, okay, what can we do to make this better? A perfect example. We all want to drive the truck. Our students are like, "I want to go." You know, like Ricky, Ricky Bobby. I want to go. You know, fast. If you're not, if you're not first, you're last. You know. Um, obviously, that's not completely uh, in congruence with the Safe Seven or with you know how we're trying to train drivers. But I understand their feeling. But then they get their fuel numbers, and their fuel numbers are showing, "Hey, you're you're burning up a lot of fuel, and you're not really doing it." And you have to say, hey, you know, they'll call their fleet manager and the fleet manager is saying, you know, they're giving them tips, but the driver doesn't want to hear those. They're good tips. And that you know? acceleration,
0: exactly. is, that, that, that that fast acceleration is, is,
1: oh, it is sucks the not fuel. slowing yeah, down. Yeah. And, and so, it, so it's like, you know, going going a few miles less, looking at your terrain and driving a little differently. Even the, the cruise controls are set now that when you come to the crest of a hill, it, it kind of takes it off a little bit and lets you just kind of roll over. And some guys, they get they get all anxious about that and they think it's slowing them down and it's all about perception and when they call in because that's what it says to do is if your fuel economy is not where you want it to be, call your fleet manager for some tips. Now, some of the fleet managers are a little more attuned than others. Some of that's experience. That's fine. And they do have some, some scripted you know, responses. But the reality is if you're not willing to listen, if you're not willing to hear what they're saying and at least try some different approaches, you're not going to get any changes in your results. And that script
0: that they follow, it works. It's something that we've developed. Yes, exactly. It's, it's there that to works. ensure. So I don't think it's just some, you know, some, well, no, no. It's something there, to fill. No, no, it's there to
1: ensure that, that uh, the, 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 the best information can get to the people that need it. Um, One of the things I'll tell them, like, with the fleet training managers, there's some scripted responses to questions that they have about policies and the Safe 7 and some of that. And some of the students will get frustrated. They're like, well, I just said that. You did just say it, but their job is to ensure that you have the version of it in your head or have been exposed to the version of it that best sums it up in the company's viewpoint." And when you look at it from that point of view, you realize it's not a waste. It's like, yeah, okay. So maybe your definition was good, but it wasn't you know right where it needed to be. Doesn't mean that you failed, it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It's now you're kind of melding those together in your head, let it marinate, and then put it into practice.
0: And that definition can really determine how you behave. Oh, absolutely. Know, slight yeah. slight variations.
1: Yeah. Um, one, you know, I obviously I use a lot of literature and a lot of references to to obscure things like Greek philosophy, uh, but one of the ones I have is, uh, you know, we we discourage unnecessary lane changes. So you come up on a truck and you see this guy in front of you, he's going slow and you're thinking I can pass. You do your lean and look, you do everything safe, you go to pass and he speeds up on you, and you're getting frustrated and so you know. If you're in the truck with me, I'm gonna tell you, you just need to back off, increase your following distance, let let him go. And the students will sit there and they're just like, but I can pass him, I can pass him. And I always reference Moby Dick. I'm like, that is your white whale let your white whale go. But it's like, you'll sit there and you will little, literally see them just like the book. They will go through the process of where, you know, like Ahab, they're, they're like, with my last breath, I stab at the... I'm like, you need to just increase your following distance, stay back, let the white whale go. Because when,
0: it's... When you guys do stuff like that, you still make a good paycheck.
1: Oh? Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I will say this, it varies. I... um. If I have a student that's embracing what I'm what I'm laying down and they're doing it, my paycheck goes up. If I have a student that is le- kind of just taking their time and not really not really clicking, um, it tends to be a little lower. Not not like dramatically so it's still it's still satisfactory to me, but it's it is it is lower, like the I lower could, end of the yeah the lower the lower yeah the lower end of the spectrum. I will say this: what what uh, what I really enjoyed was I took a month off with my son, and Rail asked that I not work him, you know, like like my trainees. Um, the only thing that that he did was kind of observe. Your son came out with you. He came day. out with me for a whole month, and I actually made more money <laughs> with my son because I think I was I was just enjoying showing him stuff. And, you know, I did all my safety checks, I did everything I was supposed to do, but uh, I actually made more money with my son, uh, not compared to a good student, but like, not not good or bad, but not compared to like a student that's engaged, but like to the, to the ones that are just kind of, I just want to make it through the, the next 19 days or so. Um, my son and I did better than that. So that was entertaining, um, and he got to see a whole bunch of great stuff. Um, I, I can't even tell you if you are a driver and you have the opportunity to bring a loved one out uh, within the confines of, of the company policy. It was so much fun. We, uh, we actually did a reset in Chicago, did a full tour of like the Field Museum and all the, the, the big industrial uh, technology museum over there. And I mean, he got so much out of it. Uh, we got to go to New York City. Uh, I can't even tell you, this kid had never been out of South Mississippi. So to see all that right before he goes into high school, was just huge, and it just opened his eyes to all the cool things. We went to the Black Hills up in, the, in North and South Dakota. Um,
0: I'm guessing the fact that your son wanted to be out was a contributing factor to you doing well with him? With you? I,
1: I think so. And uh, it was funny because a lot of guys had their kids out during that period of time. And uh, the, the joke that I heard, I don't know how factual this is, but a whole bunch of their kids called in and said after about a week, I want to go home. <laughs> and my son stayed out for the whole month. And I was so proud of him. And um, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I kind of wanted to make sure I looked good for him. So I, I really did. I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't always try to do my best and follow all the, the guidelines and the safe seven and everything. But I really, I, I think it kind of upped my game a little bit just taking that, that time with him because I wanted him to see. You know, he, he, when he was a baby, he saw me on the ships, and he visited me. And then, as, as, as he got older, there wasn't that opportunity. But everyone had heard of my reputation and they'd seen. The success I had on ships. So to to have him see it here was really enriching because he could see that, you know, we walked into the terminal, some of the students that I've had in the past came out of the woodwork, were so excited to to meet Harrison because they'd heard about him. He's my oldest son. And so yeah, it was just one of those things where uh, I mean it made him feel great. It made me feel great. And then uh, but, uh, but yeah, strangely enough, I was actually maybe maybe I was more engaged.
2: Buddy, and did you take any uh, anyone out with you? yet? I haven't taken anybody out yet. My he wants w- to take his wife. My wife keeps talking about going, but my wife was uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. She likes to have facilities, but she she did say the other day that she wants to start coming out in January, so we're gonna we're gonna work on that, but you know,
1: we'll get there. I mean I'm I'm I was just some guy from South Mississippi that came to a company in Wisconsin and my first my first trainer was in Phoenix and they flew me to Arizona I'd never been to Arizona and I made friends over there that I will cherish for for a lifetime and then you know I meet buddy who's from the Carolinas and I get to go all over the country I mean you you can't buy this kind of experience you know this is what people spend their whole lives chasing down yep. and
2: Life is what you make it. Oh, exactly, yes, exactly. I 100% agree. And with I that. think
1: that goes back to you know, if you're thinking about being a trainer, you know, what you bring to this is going to shape the attitude you bring, the experience you bring. All those things are going to shape your experience. And if you're someone who is having a good experience and you're being profitable and productive now,
2: it's only going to. It's better. gonna
1: get. It's gonna get even better when you start sharing that with other people. Just set those guidelines in the beginning, you know, the rules of the truck and what they expect of you. And and Trainer Foundations, with Travaris, does a fantastic job of laying that process out so that you're gonna be prepared. That's the biggest thing. Goes back to what I said in the beginning. This company offers a tremendous amount of support what was it, Harry Potter? They were saying, you know, help is given, you know, to anyone who asks, or something like that. It was and a, don't be
0: afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't think it that if you, you don't you know weak. something, you're not good enough or you're you're yeah. not a professional. Because I mean, we're human. There's, yeah. There's there's stuff I don't know about in my you know in the in the communication world. I'm still learning, and I'll always learn, and yeah. there'll always theories and facts and.
1: And then, like in the training setting, you got the growth mindset, and that is, you're not failing, you're learning from, you know, you're learning from those things. So that means it'll, you know, build you up for for success. If you ever get into the point where you think you know everything, mm-hmm. and, and and God help me, I hope it does, I do not come off that way. I mean, I have a lot of opinions and I have all these things, but I do not know everything. Buddy knows this. I am willing to accept that, that you know, I make mistakes, but I try to learn from them.
0: Know what you know and make yeah. sure it's true.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's like, uh, I can't even tell you how many times... You, you meet the the super trucker out there. Um, they come up to them, and they, they're, they're looking at me doing my post-trip, and they're like, why are you doing that? Well, it's
0: some kind of—I mean, if you're doing it wrong, I can see that. But if you're doing it right and well, they no, ask no. you that— what, what, what they
1: ask me, these are usually not rail drivers. They're like, why are you doing a post-trip? Didn't you do a pre-trip? I'm like, mm. I did. And then they'll see me in the morning doing the pre-trip. Why are you doing the pre-trip? You just, I just saw you doing your post-trip. You don't need to do that every day. If you look at my record— as an individual, and this is, what I, this is the, the, the platform in which I, I teach my students. My truck doesn't have as much downtime as some people's. Now, some of that could be luck of the draw, but I like to think a lot of it is, I do a proper pro- post-trip, pre-trip safety check, and if I find something, I deal with it immediately. Now, does that mean I haven't made mistakes? I have made mistakes, and I've learned from them. And one of the things that, that, that I try to, you know, have with my students is like, you know, I'm going to show you, based on my experience and based on the curriculum, ways to avoid those mistakes. And then if I have a story of another driver or myself, I'm, you can ask buddy, I tell stories on myself. Um, I, will t- I will share it with you so that you don't make the same mistake I made. Share I, the knowledge. Yeah, because you have to. You have to you have to you have to make sure that, that something moves forward so that they don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. That's and, just life in general, and yeah. every aspect of life. So so to like the prospective trainer to the to the to the guy who's you know on the fence, you don't have to be perfect. You know, I encourage you to have your process you know reasonably organized and down so that you're you're feeling successful now. But you don't have to be perfect and don't be afraid of sharing your imperfections with someone else, okay? These people have no idea other than what they've got in their little three weeks of training, they want, they're gonna soak up everything you have like a sponge. That's why they do the interview process now. They're looking for people who have the heart of a teacher who are willing to share and be open and be transparent. That's one of my my values is to be transparent. And it goes back to some of our values as a company and it's like you know i want to make sure that i'm an open book to these guys so that they know you know you can be successful doing this and you can change you can change your life okay. in a positive way cuz some of these people they come I'm, I'm telling you they come to this company we literally they have no experience and their their previous background it, it, it'll make you cry and yet they'll go on and i've had students like this they'll go on and become super successful and it changed their lives. And that, to be part of that is just powerful.
2: Self-satisfying to me. Yeah.
1: I know Buddy's experienced some of that, and I've experienced it. Um, not necessarily with Buddy, because Buddy was already pretty successful in his own right. And then he came here, and like I said, it was fertile ground. I tried to plant some seeds, but his success is his own because he was already had the right mindset to be successful.
2: It's, it's nice to like, walk into a terminal and see one of your students sharing their knowledge with another new student. Like the students that are in the class, watching and then they jump up and come up and, it, and, and run over to you. That's a great feeling, yeah, which, see, which
1: kind of creeps me out a little bit now. Just <laughs> yeah, to see that, see
0: that effort like moving forward mm-hmm. and, and affecting
2: other people and that synergy growing. It, yep, I've seen that in Gary this week with one of my old students talking to the one of the new students, the new classes, sharing stories. It's like yeah it feels great
1: yeah like they're the old salt now it's, it's it's fun it's fun to watch
0: and that's how our organization uh remains strong and grows stronger and uh, you know going back to people who think they know it all you know it's, i think it's a uh, some sort of arrogance or hubris you know that uh, can definitely be the downfall of anyone you know thinking you know it all and, you know, the guy who doesn't do that post trip and then if he does do a post trip, doesn't do the pre trip because he did the post trip. Yeah.
1: What if somebody did tampered with the truck or exactly. did something?
0: People I mean, that happens. It um, does.
1: We do a post trip and then we do a pre trip in the morning. It's embedded in us. Yeah, it's embedded yeah. in us. So again, that, that talks about when you start teaching this stuff, it ups your mm-hmm. game. Because I mean now it's not it's like sec it's not I start my day, I'm already walking around that truck. I'm looking at everything. I've got my flashlight in my hand to check my fifth wheel. <laughs> you know, these you're doing, are you're doing your job, right? Well, these are right. things that I'm, I'm. I've got a student right now, and these are the things that are, I'm trying to embed into him because it's his second day with me now. It's third, and it's like this is the habit that you need to build, and it's a habit for me. It's a habit for Buddy. This is a habit you need to build, and so when he sees me doing it, and he's doing it alongside me. Um, yeah. And when he sees that the level of attention to detail that I'm trying to add to it, not because I'm trying to impress buddy or him, it's just that that's what happens when you start doing things, you know, consistently as a habit and you do it professionally, you're not done until you're done. You know, you need to make sure that you're doing everything you need to do the way it needs to be done. So how you do any things, how you do everything. If you ever find something on your, on your, uh, your pre-trip, post-trip, or safety check, you should call maintenance, you should call your fleet manager, taking the time to learn how the phone system works. That, you know, when you hit 1-1 for your fleet manager, there's also a setting 2-2, which is, you know, for non-emergency maintenance. You know, and then safety has their own menu. You should learn, like, 3-6 is for your logs. don't be afraid to talk to people. I already contacted two other people just to ask questions. One was about payroll. And then one had to do with uh, the United Way auction, which, you know, I'd, I'd gotten something. So it was one of those things where, you know, I even, one of the things that we do, Buddy and I got in town last night. I, well, actually, I was here for the recertification. He got in last night with an oversized load. And we asked a few people out from the office if they wanted to go to dinner. Um, some responded. And so we went to a place that we go. It was a whole bunch of drivers and it was some fleet managers. And it's just like some of them, you know, like one guy there was like, you were my training fleet manager when I started. And they had never met, you know. And, and this one of the fleet managers was a personal friend of mine. And Buddy had never met them but had talked to them on the phone because he would handled some of their students before. And so it was one of those things where after a while, you know, you're, know, you know, I like to do these little things where if I come into town, I try to connect. I know that, you know, you guys work. Five o'clock, you want to go home, be with your families. But I try to reach out to a few people and say, hey, you know, we'd, we'd love to, you know, as drivers, we'd love to come out and just, just meet y'all. You know, and then I tell guys, like, if you're over here at the office, you know, walk in and, and just ask to see somebody. It's, not, was, it's not always possible, there was obviously.
2: seven of us last night, and we all, I think it was finally 9.30 last night, we're all like, all right, enough. We've talked and talked and talked.
0: That's good though. It's that bonding, uh, yeah. It's synergy, it's synergy yeah. whatever it may be about.
1: And and some of the guys that were there were, were people that were in trainer foundations, so they're becoming trainers. And here it is, buddy and I were. Well, buddy mainly was sharing with them what it was like to be a trainer. Um, they had they had kind of talked to me briefly because I was in that recertification class. But buddy was a different perspective, and they got to kind of hear that. And, and you know, of course, you know we 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 tell we tell war stories, you know, just like anybody, you know, any any profession. But it was fun just to just to have that level, like you said, of of uh, of just saying, "Hey, man, welcome to the team. Welcome to the to the group. If you need anything, give us a call." Obviously, yep. you're getting a lot of support from the company, and, and I know I know Buddy made some friends there last night. If I you know. what what was
2: the perspective you shared last night with him? Well, I, my first what opened up the conversation was, "What's your biggest fear?" That opened the conversation. You know, my biggest fear of becoming a trainer was sharing my space and them wrecking my truck. Those are my two biggest fears. Ultimately, if they, if, if we as trainers teach them to safe seven, stay back, everything that safe seven in, involves, I don't have to worry about them wrecking my truck. And as far as sharing my space, it's I worked through that, and it, the, for, for me, the biggest thing was respect. I'll show you respect, you show me respect. You know, be, be open. Be open for positive and negative feedback, and the same thing. I expect positive and negative feedback coming back from you, and we'll get along great. Be open-minded, and set
0: set those uh, respect guidelines. Right, what is respect? Let them know what you how you see respect.
2: Yep, yep, exactly. But it was nice sitting there, and I also have a lot of trainers that I talk to regularly. That I've learned, I've caught through the through the time here with with Rail, and we'll share stories. And I share stories with, with the students and I run across them.
1: I mean, I learned things from Buddy, you know, that he's learned from other people. Although secretly I'm jealous because <laughs> buddy, Buddy's my Buddy. <laughs> why, why are you talking to other trainer Buddies? But one thing I did encourage
2: a lot of the trainers that I talked to last night was you're going to go in these terminals and you're going to hear some negative feedback from some of the trainers out there. Walk away from it. Don't get wrapped up in it. Form your own opinion.
1: I have a, a world view that's, that's been honed and shaped from a lot of different things. And it's deep and wide. It's deep and wide. And and so when I walk into a terminal, I'm there, and it's a transactional thing. Okay, Synergy. I'm there to either get maintenance. I'm there for cargo securement equipment. I'm there for a load. Uh, occasionally, it'll be to connect with some people, maybe do a reset, and we'll go out to our little favorite restaurants in Gary and stuff like that. And we again, to, try to build up a group where we can have some fun and, and bonding and, yeah. and share that. But when I go in there and, and I'm doing my laundry, and a lot of people know me from the laundry room in Gary because I wash my clothes regularly. I'm a big believer in hygiene. But occasionally I will be in the terminal and you will come across some of these individuals. They're broke down, they're complaining, they're miserable or whatever. Somewhere in their mindset and in their process, something's wrong. We all have days when we're less than, but there's plenty of times when we're more than and people don't say something. I want them to know that I see you, I hear you, and I feel it. I feel the love. And I know Buddy's the same way. He he is one of the most positive upbeat guys I've ever met when it comes to, you know, he'll he'll come in there. He's he's formed relationships and, and friendships with some of the guys in the support staff, the maintenance. He knows him by name. I have to admit, some of them guys I know by face, and we click, we know each other, but I can't remember your name. You know?
0: And, you know, I bet <laughs> that, pl- I that mentality, that, I bet, makes the job better, and it makes you more confident in the people you're
2: surrounded by. Makes me feel back to the family.
1: Yeah. And, I do, and again, we don't do this for special treatment. We don't get special treatment. They treat all the drivers with respect and they treat all of them, and you know, in, in the order that they're received, stuff like that. But I tell you, when when you start, you know, it, it takes some of the sting out. Like if you find out, I know Buddy had a, an incident recently where some maintenance needed to be done on his truck. It wasn't due to any failing of pre-trip or post-trip. It was just something that happened in the truck. And he got pulled in and they dealt with it. And you know, he it's during the time when he'd like to be earning. So it it, it impacted him. But how'd that, how'd that feel? I mean you had to wait for that.
2: I was ready to go. It's like how quick can you get it in there? How quick can I get out of here? But believe it or not, it didn't I made more money that week. Yeah. Even with a truck in the shop, I still made more money. But my trips I already had a pre plan. But I guarantee I you when he shop, went
1: in there, his attitude was spot on, you know. Get classic, the job done. Classic buddy. Well, it's
2: like, okay, how and long do you think it's going to be? They're like, oh, it says on here to get you out by such such time. I was like, okay, cool. You do what you got to do. I just want to know if I need to go occupy the, the couch or if I can go to the store or if I need oh, yeah. to get a bunk room. I was like, do what you got to do. Let me know when it's done.
0: Keep moving with purpose even when you can't move to get yeah. paid. But that yeah.
1: little interaction of asking the right questions, getting some positive information or, or getting information, helped him make better decisions. And then those guys, they know what they need to do. They don't need Buddy hovering over them and and, and, and sitting there like, you know, come on, come on.
2: Well, they even showed me the part that got replaced. Exactly. A simple part, brand new truck, simple part.
1: Get with the maintenance guys that give you the truck. They will walk you through the entire truck, the entire truck, and give you a full breakdown of everything you could possibly ever want to know about that truck. Even if you know a little bit about the truck, it's probably a good idea, And if you take advantage of those kinds of things, that level of support that's available, just ask. If you take advantage of that, imagine how much more productive and how much easier your job is because now someone is taking the time to teach you something that you didn't know or that you didn't feel comfortable with. I do it all the time. There's a fella in Gary. I wish I could remember his name. I could tell you what he looks like. He's a great guy. I go in there and I swear to you, I know every time he sees me, he's like, what dumb question do you have today? You know, he doesn't say it that way, but because I'll ask questions and I'll say, I think I understand this and I'll reason it out in front of him. And he's like, okay, this is where you, this is, no, this right here is different. And he'll help me walk through a process of some type of inspection or a reason why I'm doing something in the truck so that I can teach it. And he'll tell me, he's like, okay, you're exactly on the right track here, but this is something you need to do different. And I walk away from every interaction with that guy always better. Okay? And other people have seen me do this. And, you know, he's always got a pleasant attitude and fantastic attitude about it. Um, There's a guy there, Jamie, same way. Fantastic attitude if I ever have a question. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm not God's gift to truck driving. I have questions about my own truck, especially these new ones. Yeah. They will answer them for me.
0: And you said something... You said a word earlier, uh, reason. I think that the word reason and and uh, practicing reason I think makes a good teacher, right? Because yeah. isn't that what teaching kind of is—the reasoning of things?
1: Yeah, I try to. I, yeah, I try to reason out and because I I have some understanding of mechanical stuff. I mean, obviously, diesel engines are diesel engines, but there's still things that you know I want to make sure I'm getting it right because I don't want to spread misinformation. Or I bring my student along and say, dude. Can you show us something? And if I, that's another thing, if you ever get maintenance done, you know, they give you a breakdown of what they did, but you can ask them to show you what, what was going on and what they did. And that little bit of exposure, I've always learned that from all the, my years of being exposed to diesel mechanics is always asked because they will love to show you what they did and you'll learn something. You'll learn something for the next time. So, Yeah. And that just makes it where you can reduce your downtime, increase your profitability and your productivity.
0: Now let's move away from trucking. What do you guys like to do on your home time? Buddy, start us home.
2: Well, I have five acres of land. I live out in the middle of the country. I I live two miles down a gravel road. So when I go home, I'm literally home. I like to walk around the property. I like to cut grass. I enjoy camping. Usually when I come home, my, my grandkids and my daughter and my son will come over, we'll have a family cookout or something, swim in the pool. We'll shoot the guns every now and then, but I just enjoy, I don't want to get back in a vehicle and go anywhere. So a lot of times I'm either going to go camping or I'm staying home, relaxing, listening to the birds, smelling the trees and the grass. Just, I don't like be kept indoors. So when I go home, I want to be outside. You know, I got a neighbor that plays the guitar, so come over and we'll sit around and he'll play his guitar and we'll make up corny songs and just totally relax reconnect with
0: yourself yeah for sure I I would imagine that's very important to being happy
2: in life a lot of times we sit around a fire they're like all right where'd you go this week where you been this month tell me about this tell me about that some of them have never seen the country either I'm not home every night but when I do come home I make it a point to reconnect with my family.
0: Do you think, since you started driving, that connection with your family has gotten stronger?
2: I think it has gotten stronger, think, now that I think about it. Because before, I might see them every now and then. You know, I might see my granddaughter maybe every other week or something like that. But now, it's like when I'm home, they all make a point to come over. And then we'll all sit around as a family. And that's, that's actually been more enjoyable. But when you're home every night, it's like, oh.
1: No. so close yet so far.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Dan, how about you? I was going to joke and say, hometown, what's that? <laughs> but no, uh, I, do, I do have four kids. We uh, live on the beach in Mississippi, so the water culture is, is huge for us. Uh, we do fish, saltwater fish. We uh, are members of the second oldest yacht club in North America, so we sail a lot. We also just like to go there and eat. I love to eat. good. Food. Well, yeah, I mean, we're right outside of New Orleans, so it's it's the people that run the Yacht Club in the kitchen are actually Brennan's, which are a famous restaurant in New Orleans, are the Brennan's. So this is some of their family. So the food is just out of this world. My wife uh, works in uh, in radio uh, for uh, iHeartMedia, so we get exposed to uh, a whole bunch of social opportunities when I'm home. And then, of course, just tons of friends and, and family are right there. I do like to go and participate in a lot of stuff for the kids schools. I don't get to do as much all the time we do I tend to play in my home time around when they're out of school so that I can have more hands-on time with them. Um, the relationship with my my children is, is pretty strong. My wife is uh, is awesome in that she, has always known me in, in a transportation field. So she's always known me as like working away from wherever we lived. And uh, and yeah, so um, it was funny when I first came to rail, they interviewed me and they did the things as, do you have someone at home who can take care of these things? And how will your wife feel about you being gone? And I, at that point I had been home for about a year. And I think my wife was ready for me <laughs> to go somewhere because she was accustomed to me being gone for months at a time. And you're not the captain at the house, you know. Um, So it was nice. uh, It's been nice to 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 be able to experience all the things I wanted to experience. But when I come home, it can be um, it can be a lot of fun because uh, because we miss each other, and we you know everyone wants uh, to be there, and I'm willing to give of myself because I miss them too. My daughter just learned how to drive. I've been teaching her some, and my my wife's been teaching her some, and. Uh, my son is uh, about to get his learner's permit, and then uh, I have a son with special needs, so we do a lot with him, uh, and he's uh, he's 13, he has Down syndrome, so there's a, a, a lot of social activities that, that uh, are shaped around him, uh, and then we have a, a little six-year-old that was kind of a surprise to all of us, um, who has just started flag football, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that uh, in the short term, but he does a lot of, he's the one who's really active in sports and stuff, uh, which was the way I was when I was a kid. My oldest son is a little more cerebral. You know, he's, he's more into art and Godzilla and art about Godzilla. <laughs> uh, whereas the younger one is more about sharks and, you know, soccer and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which was kind of the way I was when I was a kid. My daughter is a state swim champion and, um, Straight A student, she's, uh, she's like me in a lot of ways, which is a challenge because she's very driven. And um, I've, I've tried to, to show her that while that's very valuable and there's a moment when you, you need to realize that you, know, you just need to take a breath and enjoy people. And her dream, uh, it was funny because I took a load over to the new Facebook headquarters for rail. And I was near Stanford, and and I got to get her like a, a shirt, because her dream is to to go to uh, Stanford over there in California. That was uh, the and it was, it was funny because you know there there is a lot of uh, a lot of good opportunities here, uh, but like, buddy, you know, buddy and I both came from from previous careers, and I, I've recently read about a, a an idea, and, and it's, you have what's called the two mountains. The first mountain is. When you're young you, you do what's expected of you and and you rise up that mountain and, and you know, hopefully you're successful and you you reach that level of either financial or or success. But it can be sometimes empty. Um it can be that they, you know they, you've reached like you, you felt like you've reached the top and there's you know, it's because it's other people's expectations of you. And the second mountain is where you do what's more in line with your personality and values and your thing and I, I like money just like anyone else, and it's a measurement, but it's not the overriding you know most important thing in my life uh, at this point because the things that I want I already have and the things that that I need are taken care of. So what this becomes about is the experiences I want to acquire and certainly I want to get the most money for my time because I'm not a slave and I, I want to you know, I I, I still I va- have bills. I still have bills, and I value my time, but it's not the motivator. You know, the motivator is that that uh, that unique experience of driving to you know San Francisco, California, in a semi truck and be able to get a T-shirt for my daughter. That when would I do that? You know, I mean, I could, but crossing
2: the Bay Bridge and seeing Alcatraz in the distance. Oh yeah. In in or
1: in New York seeing what I call the Spider Man Bridge. All these years of watching movies of Spider Man singing, so, you know, That's the freaking Spider Man Bridge, you know, and I you know, sharing that with the kids. And uh, you know, when we when Harrison and I went to New York, I mean he it blew him away. He got to see all these things that he'd always heard about, never saw. And uh but no, as far as home time, yeah. I mean we we uh You know, some of it's just hanging out in our house. And uh, like I said, I'm not a fan of yard work. My wife hates me for that, but I do it. Um, I'd rather pay somebody. (laughs) Um, Yet I still, you know, I go there. I cook a lot. I love to cook. Um, There are a few videos or or conference calls we've had where uh, some of the the operations people, like I think Debbie and Gary commented and Sam, they commented on I was uh, listening participating on a zoom call but i was cooking at the same time and they were like what are you cooking and i'm like oh it's just you know it's gumbo or it's this like because i live in a place where seafood is plentiful and we make gumbo all the time <laughs> well i live in
0: wisconsin here and yeah. i just do the uh overnight shipping from the <laughs> coast
1: I, I can hook you up works nice uh-huh. uh, one of the guys that lives down the, the street from me is emerald agassi so so I, yeah we we cook a lot where i live you know I'm a fan of uh, Gordon Ramsay. We like oh, I go love Vegas, Gordon Ramsay. So go to his restaurants there. Yeah, I love Gordon Ramsay. The steaks can't beat that.
2: Very rarely will he break open the pots and pans in his truck and cook.
1: That's not true. That's not true. Come on now.
2: You've heard of some of the stuff I've cooked in my truck. I,
1: now I will say this, buddy is is. Buddy took what little bit I gave him and turned it into the next level. So, buddy sends me pictures of like he did this steak with this. Sautéed mushrooms. Sautéed mushrooms and all And I'm just sitting here going... <sighs> baked <laughs> it's baked like, potato with sour cream and cheese and now bacon. I, I life, do, life is what you make it, right? Yes.
2: I will, And I teach my students the same thing. I'll cook. And there, every time I do a reset, I enjoy doing resets. Every time I do a reset, I will cook a meal. I've cooked lasagna. I've cooked pot roasts. I've done ribs.
1: And I, and I do that. Loaf. I do that. However... Recently, I have been on a kick where I've been picking my favorite restaurants near terminals. and so I have like three of them in Gary. I have two of them here, well three technically here, in Marshfield, Phoenix. I have like three places that I like. you know and they, they center on uh, everything from from uh, I guess tr- more traditional Mexican food to Vietnamese food or Asian food. and then, uh, and then recently I've been kind of expanding. I did some Korean food in Gary lately that was really good.
0: Before we wrap this up, let's go back a little bit to the driver-trainer foundations.
1: The class. Uh, the class. Yeah.
0: How long is the class? A week.
1: Well, it's, it, it, if you're flatbed, it's Monday through Friday. If you're a van or reefer, it's Tuesday going to be to Tuesday to Friday. to Friday. Because Monday they go over cargo security. As a trainer, your number one goal is to build the habits that these new students need to be successful. I've had guys actually look at me in the face and tell me I'm a great trainer and I'm awesome and they love being in the truck with me, but they're just not happy. I don't know what to do with that because you know you, there's nothing you can do. And I think that the guy that said he wasn't happy, I think what he really wanted was a local job. That's come up a lot where we do have local jobs, but rail has a process. They want you to go through the training. They want you to complete your time with a training truck, which could go anywhere. Then they're going to want you to, to kind of, you know, if you're just in the fleet, they want you to kind of prove yourself and show that you can do the work. And then opportunities present themselves to become locals. I had a student that did that. She went on, became very successful as a regional driver. And then when the opportunity presented itself to become a local driver, she's blowing it out of the water. And she's successful, has a fantastic reputation. And it's because she went through the process the way it's designed. And then you'll have drivers that will come in. And, and this one guy, he literally told me from, from the first, he's like, if, I don't, if they don't get me local, I'm quitting. And I, so I called it in and said, hey, you know, um, this is what he said. And, yeah, they, they said, well, he's not getting local. That's not what he signed up for. And he left. He left. That was his own decision, you know. I didn't feel as bad about that because it you know, he pretty much made it clear this is what I want and if I don't get it, I'm gonna Yeah, but it. we
2: do get some students that come through school and they think trucking's nothing but driving a truck. We yeah. will get some young ones. Oh wow it's Drive a truck, I'm just holding a steering wheel. There's a lot more involved than they realize, and some of them, especially with
1: flatbed. Yeah, a lot of guys, when they hit the tarps
2: for the first time, even reefer and van, there's a lot of trip planning, there's a lot of things that they don't realize, and it's some of them, it's more than they, they think they can handle, and they just bow out. I'm pretty sure our driver employment center goes over all that stuff
1: they do and that's the thing I I even had to ask after after the, I had a run of students that were kind of hitting that I had to ask I'm like are they still asking the same questions they asked me because the questions they asked me were pretty thorough yep and granted my answers were quick because I have that experience of being that you think
2: about it, Keith, but, young young adults they're easy going to say yeah 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 but I don't when know when you get so, out here into the real world it's
1: not what they thought but you know when I first started with rail And and, and I'll I'll say this to all the experienced drivers out here that, that have been with the company for a long time and who are listening to me and thinking, what in the world, who is this guy? When I first came to this company, I had zero experience and I had a ton of misconceptions about what it was to be a truck driver. and. There was a little bit in my family history. You know, my father had driven for uh, the Chili Willy trucks, the refrigerator transport, years before I was born, and I remembered that, you know, from seeing pictures and stuff. And But I came out here. I went through to get your CDL program. I felt like I got a great training, a uh, great trainer, and I've had a wonderful experience. But I will tell you, to all the experienced drivers that are out here with the company, I got a, a complete... New respect for the work that these guys have done for twenty something years with the company. The awards banquet—it was—I don't think it was the last one that we had, but it was—it was the one. One of them. It was one of them, and uh, I was actually doing trainer foundations. That's what it was. I was doing trainer foundations, and they invited everyone over to the after reception, and i, I made it into the room where they had the the banquet, and it had already happened. And I sat at this table with a few of the older drivers. Come to find out these were the, like, super million-mile guys and their wives who were getting recognized that year. And and some of them were, like, trainer of the year and driver of the year and all this stuff. I had no idea. Superstars. Yeah, superstars. I had no idea who they were. Um, And I'm telling you, I got to sit there and listen to them and talk to some of them, and they were so gracious and shared even though this was their night and they were they were just kicking back and and you know we you know we were having drinks and there was some food available and it was wonderful i got to meet rick rail for the first time and all this stuff but it was so funny because i sat there and listened to them and asked a few little questions and you know starting out you know cuz I, I had trainer foundation starting out so I, I wasn't even a trainer yet and the stuff that they shared with me was so just quality, and the type of people that they were, were it. It was truly I. I, I can't even tell you. I, it's not even lip service when I say just real respect and and just and just. I mean, they really give of themselves, and I still see some of those guys, you know, randomly uh, in passing, and they're like me, you know. They they don't spend a whole bunch of time just hanging out at terminals. They're moving, and that's what I tell my students. I'm like you know. You're here to move. Make the most of the time you have out here because when you're home, you want to be home. You don't want to be thinking about, I got to get back to work or I'm going to be broke. You want to make your money while, while you can so you can enjoy your time off.
0: That's a great way to end the podcast. Oh, yeah, We got to wrap this up pretty soon. I see uh, buddies getting calls. Uh, Dan, heard, your phone's probably going off the phone. I already, no, got, I I already d- got a pre-plan. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Thanks for listening.